It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to Go Atlanta, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Yvonne Zussel from the AJC's Features Team, in this week for arts and entertainment editor Shane Harrison, who is off this week. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. I'm food dining and living editor Lagaya Figueres, and I've got a couple ideas for those of you who love to slurp oysters. And this is Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter at the AJC, and we have some good news regarding the Tower Theater off Cheshire Bridge Road. And I'll tell you about a new food hall coming to Atlanta. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. First on this week's episode, uh, let's tackle some of the week's hot topics. Unfortunately, we have a little bit of a somber start to our hot topic section today. We're going to be talking a little bit about President Jimmy Carter, who's in uh, declining health. And let's start talking about uh, some of our memories about Jimmy Carter. Uh, Do you all have things that you remember that you want to share? I definitely do. I really appreciated um, seeing um, people's reactions and, you know, memories on social media and different things or, you know, bringing up maybe letters that they've that, that they got from Jimmy Carter during his presidency, that kind of thing. Yeah. But my I have two memories. My first one is when I was a really young kid, President Carter. This was the one and only time I saw him in person. Mm -hmm. And he, it was during his presidency, he and the First Lady and their daughter, Amy, um, made an appearance in St. Louis for the July 4th VP Fair. And I really think that they actually came in on one of the um, steamboats, which was a thing at the the time you could come in on, Mm -hmm. on a steamboat. Anyway, I remember that they were standing on the stage down there, and he even gave his daughter an opportunity to speak. But she was so shy. It was like, hello, kind of thing. And I (laughs) wanted to be her so bad. But they just look like the best 
family. Yeah. So sweet. It, they seem really tight knit. And it's, yeah. It's, I, yeah. That's, that's a sweet memory. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I must have been like, I don't know, maybe seven years old, something like that. Um, the other one is now this makes my dad a picture that I have even more special. We still, we have this um, photo of my dad at Christmas time holding up a bag of Georgia peanuts. Like that's what it says on the outside of this like uh, canvas bag, Georgia peanuts. And my dad loved Carter. He loved peanuts. And this is again, taken during Carter's presidency. And it's, he was just beaming to have this gift of, of Georgia peanuts. Do you still have the picture? Oh yeah. No, I'm thinking we got to frame it. Yeah, for sure. That's a framer. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Rodney. My earliest memory is when I was seven, second grade. And I remember we took time off from regular class to watch the inauguration. And I think the memory is that he was walking down. He, he walked the parade. I think it's the first um, president to ever walk. You know, usually they're in a in a, in a cavalcade of some sort or, um, a, a, you know, a carriage, I guess, before automobiles. But in this case, I guess he was kind of the everyman, right? So he decided to just walk and meet everybody. Oh, wow. That is very uh, in keeping with his sort of persona of like man of the people. Exactly. Yeah. He was actually the last. So his presidency ended right before I was born. <laughs> so I'm dating myself here. Uh, so I don't you have, have any- no direct memories of the Iran. <laughs> no, I do not. Hostage crisis or. No, exactly. But um, but I do remember like finding out about Habitat for Humanity when I was a kid and just thinking what an amazing organization it is and the fact that it's based here and he's been in so, he's been so involved in it. Um you know, I, that to me is always what I'll associate him with since I didn't actually know him as a president. Well, and I think for anybody like you who didn't know any time during his presidency, he's such a model for what a post-presidency can look like. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. what a purposeful time he has given, you know, his entire life, but especially his his post-presidency is just, um, you know, It's amazing, really the model. Right? Yeah, it really, really is like the blueprint for how a president should live their lives after- and, while I'm not that familiar with um, presidential libraries, Atlanta, I don't know if Atlantans realize how integrated the Carter Center is with the Atlanta community. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just the fact that just walk onto the grounds and the way that I just feel like it's so seamless with um, its place here in, in Atlanta. Yeah, for so. sure. Especially its location, like right mm-hmm. in the middle of the city mm-hmm. and they host lots of speakers. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, if, if people aren't familiar with it, I think they probably will be now just because I think more attention is is obviously being placed right. on it. So um, we're thinking about President Carter and his family. Yes, and... we are wishing them the best. And uh, also uh, for those who are interested uh, in finding out more about uh, Jimmy Carter and what's going on right now, please check out our Politically Georgia podcast with Greg Bluestein and Patricia Murphy. They've done some uh, terrific storytelling with the people of Plains, Georgia, which is where Jimmy Carter is from. And uh, and yeah, we have a, a team live there right now. Um, so Politically Georgia, you can find it where you get your podcasts. And for continuing coverage, visit AJC.com slash Jimmy Carter. All right. Now moving into some other hot topics. Let's start with uh, the closure of... <laughs> with another bit of... Another... S- not exactly sad. happy <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on with uh, Serena Dodd? Serena Dodd. So people know Chef Deborah Van Treese because of Twisted Soul. She has her two restaurants, Aretha's Point and Serena Dodd in, in Cascade Heights. And we just found out on Tuesday that she's made the decision to close it. It's closed. And she's yeah. going to be reconcepting it with um, a spring opening. 
I find the reason for the closure to be um, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially in a statement she made that there are two new Latin-focused restaurants that are going to be coming into that area. And she just doesn't want to... Um, you know, have that type of competition. So I thought I thought that the 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 um, statement was, you know, I'm thrilled that this neighborhood is attracting new businesses. That was our goal, but I also believe building a dining destination will take us all working together and providing a diverse the diversity that today's diners are looking for. So rather than compete with our neighbors, I've decided to close replace it with a new and unique restaurant concept. So we don't know what that's going to be yet. That's okay. to be determined. And they're again aiming for a spring opening. So wow. So. And it, it, how many months was it open before it actually closed? Oh, let's see. Not really that long, right? Just like because, a few months, because yeah. Because I remember that I um, I reviewed Orithas on the point about, uh, let's it see, it was in the early part of last summer, and Serenity Dodd came in after that by a few months. So it's only, it's probably been like maybe four months? Yeah, I think it's, I think four or five months, I mm -hmm. remember. Um, and so that was that's a really quick turnaround. Yeah. Uh, but I know that uh, Deborah, who also owns uh, Twisted Soul, right. right, in West Midtown, she uh, was saying that it's important to her, the not just for her to succeed, but the neighborhood to succeed. Right. So, I mean, what you're saying, you know, that she said in the statement makes sense, but it's really such a quick turnaround. Well, but maybe that's a smart move, honestly, because if you know that you've got um, Barrio ATL coming in and a Mexican concept from the old Lady Yang people, you know, switch now, switch early while you, before you yeah. get, you know, some like, oh, well, Serenity Dodd is in there. I don't know, um, go, um, repertoire. <laughs> I visit these frequently and <laughs> right. suddenly you make the switch. Well, just cut, cut your losses early and, and yeah. you know. Yeah. You that, I mean, that is certainly a strategy and, right. uh, and hopefully that'll, you right. know, their next, their next concept will I be mean, different I mean, I really enough. hope that area does well. I, I be, I mean, she's, that Aretha's on the point. It's in such a great little triangle. Yeah. You know, you've eaten there with me one time mm -hmm. and you know around there you've got a couple other like mini plazas kind of thing so it does have the potential to be um you know a dining destination but yeah yeah i mean if you don't want to have three you know three latin the concepts then yeah it just to me feels like a little bit of a slippery slope because you know a what if she reconcepts and then another person another concept comes in that's very similar to the, the concept that she switch to, you know, I mean, are you going to switch every few months because another <laughs> restaurant comes in? I don't know. But, uh, but, you know, hopefully her new concept will be different enough that it'll be, that she'll be yep. able to keep it for a while. Yep. Okay. So stay tuned, stay tuned on that. But, um, yeah, I, so I guess there'll be an announcement for when, uh, we know what the new concept is and then an announcement when the, uh, opening's going to be. Yep. So yes, stay tuned indeed. Rodney, we have some big news on the movie theater front. <laughs> yeah, back in November, uh, the Terra Theater off um, Cheshire Bridge and La Vista shut down suddenly. Uh, Regal mm -hmm. Cinema, one of the largest um, chains, is in financial trouble, and they were just closing down different theaters that weren't performing. Mm -hmm. um, and they did it with almost no warning at all. Uh, but it looked like Christopher Escobar, who owns the Plaza Theater about four miles south, which is one of the few independent movie theaters in town, uh, gathered some investors and is going to um, lease it and reopen it. 
Wow. When do they, when are they planning on? Sometime reopening? in the spring, um, they're going to try and raise some money. Uh, Regal took out all the projectors and pr practically anything that wasn't bolted down. Oh. So they've got to redecorate and even all the movie posters, they took everything down. <laughs> wow. And they're, and I think your story said that they're trying to actually raise money right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. Right? They've got to, to, yeah, they've already set up a website and get some donations. Wow. Well, is it going to happen if they don't hit that target I number? I think they signed a lease. They are, I think they're going to try, even if they don't reach the 50 thousand dollar goal i think they'll still figure something out that's mm -hmm. my guess um, did he talk about i mean if it was a if regal considered it a low-performing theater how what is he well think he's you know his the, concept yeah. with plaza is to make it a community theater mm -hmm. you know bringing in partners doing screenings of old films he's going to put in like 35 millimeter and 70 millimeter projectors that nobody else has you know to show films the way they originally were shown back in the day oh that's a great idea um, yeah so it's and, really like for the film buff exactly yeah, right and I, I don't think regal was trying that hard let's just say that. yeah he said there wasn't even a facebook page or a separate social media presence for tara as a separate entity mm -hmm. in fact regal just gave up the name tara wow. so he can use the tara name how long was tara around before it closed um it's been around since 1968 you could see the aesthetic isn't quite like the theater you know the plaza was built in 1939 you could see it has the big lobby um this one was built in the late 60s it doesn't quite have that appeal architecturally. I mean, it's an interesting um, look. And I'm, you know, I think he was surprised that Halperin Enterprises, the landlord, was willing to keep it as a theater because there was this expectation they're just going to tear it down and build apartments. Which or, is like the Atlanta way these days, exactly, it feels like. But yeah. <laughs> perhaps, you know, right now because of interest rates and cost structure, maybe they figured, you know, let's keep it around a while longer. So he, he signed a six-year lease with a potential to go up to 10 years. But, you know, we'll have to come back in 2033 and see what Halperin wants to do with that space. Yeah. So and they it, I know that at the, the plaza, he does a lot of events and bringing exactly. a lot of people Very in. Exactly. Very active. So. You know, yeah. The, the film, the Atlanta Film Festival, he, he runs that. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival probably is very active over there as well. Yeah. It sounds uh, like... It'll be a it's a boon for uh, for film lovers. So uh, and that'll be this spring, right? That it's yes, sometime, they're planning yeah, to reopen. He hasn't set a date yet. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, a music venue locally announced uh, their the summer Fred. lineup. Yeah, yeah. Peachtree City. The folks south side are getting a lot of '80s love in '70s and '80s. You got Cheap Trick. You got Pat Benatar coming this uh, spring and summer. Rick Springfield is back again. It's like your dream lineup. I, I know. Like Belinda Rodney. Carlisle, lead singer <laughs> of the Go Go's. Belinda. I'm yeah. definitely going to see Belinda. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one. That one. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I'm embarrassingly having lived on the northern side of things have not been to the Fred. Uh, oh, yeah. Then you got to get down there, especially exactly. with, I mean, this type of lineup. I feel like it's like custom made for your 80s, <laughs> 80s music loving soul. And, yeah. And there's also Grand Funk Railroad. Not not my taste, but hey, yeah. if you're into that. I wanted to see Cheap Trick. They're from Illinois, which is my home uh, state. They opened for Rod Stewart last fall at Ameris. Oh. And, and they're great. Yeah. They, yeah. They still, they still have, they still sound great. Yeah. And some of the, I mean, several of these are uh, uh, rock and roll Hall of Fame either nominated or yeah, inductees, Yeah, Pat Benatar, right? and of yeah. course, Belinda's part of the Go-Go's, who right. are nominated in the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame. So it sounds like a fun lineup. Yeah, and there's one 90s act, I think, Toad the Wet Sprocket and Marcy Playgrounder is the one <laughs> token for the 90s. That's my folks. era. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the 90s people a bone. Yes. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, it's time for our What's New segment. Have you ever wanted to make the perfect brisket? Well, there is a class launching in Atlanta this weekend that can help you do just that. Barbecue Pitmasters will be teaching grilling and barbecue classes at breweries across Metro Atlanta every weekend, starting with Second Self Brewing February 25th and Three Taverns in Decatur February 26th. With us, we have Sydney Bankston, the Culinary Director for Backyard Pitmasters. Sydney, can you tell us a little bit about the company and what people can expect if they take a class? So the Backyard Pit, Backyard Pitmasters is our parent company. The class that we're launching this weekend in Atlanta is Brisket You. So the class is focused on teaching people how to p- cook the perfect brisket. And the way that that works is we start from the very beginning. Uh, you need to know the basics. We start off with teaching people about all the different kinds of smokers that you can use. We then go into kind of how to build a fire, laying the foundation of your fire. We go through tools of the trade. We go over wood, so just, you know, how to select your wood, what kind of wood. Um, There's a lot of hickory in the Georgia area, so we'll probably be cooking on that when we start this weekend. Um, And then we finally get into how to select a brisket, how to trim that brisket, how to season it, and then finally how to cook it and then slice and serve it. So at the end of class, people get to sample the brisket that we've cooked at class. Sydney, I am really fascinated about the backstory for Backyard Pitmasters because it's not just it's not for people who are really in the industry, right? This is essentially people who are grilling enthusiasts who want to sort of step up their cue game. Correct. The reason this whole thing started was that our founders, John and Mike, um, it was back in 2017. They both were like, hey, we want to cook a better brisket. And they started doing some research. And there really wasn't a whole lot out there for the backyard cook. There was a ton about competition. Um, but really, in terms of backyard barbecue, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot. So they were like, hey, let's start this company. So one, we can educate ourselves better and then also teach other people what we learn and how to up their barbecue game, not only with just brisket, but with ribs and chicken and seafood. And we even have a class for wild game and turkeys around Thanksgiving as well. So basically they did it because there wasn't anything out there that they could find for them to like up their barbecue game. Right. You know, people who enjoy grilling or smoking or whatever, some people have their sort of their um, their go-to device for doing that. Maybe here it might be a big green egg or you've got your Weber or whatever. Do you, um, when you're teaching people how, how to improve their grilling and barbecuing, um, are, are, is the instruction and the recipes geared toward a specific equipment or does it work for no matter what you're using? So in class, we are cooking on an offset smoker. And yes, a lot of the stuff we talk about does have to do with an offset smoker, but then we also go into how to manipulate these other grills and pits like the big green egg or your Weber kettle or even like your pellet smoker. We go in how to make 
those grills work for you. There's no reason you can't cook a great brisket or good barbecue on any of those pits or grills. Nice. Now, one thing that I'm kind of curious about is how you got involved as an instructor for them and, uh, you know, being their culinary director in particular, because in the world of barbecue, I would say it's pretty male dominant and we don't really see too many female pitmasters, you know, that kind of thing. How did you become comfortable with um, barbecuing and grilling? And do you, does, um, did your brisket, you see many female attendees? So Weirdly enough, uh, the way that I got connected with Backyard Pitmasters is through uh, a friend. Um, John's wife and I actually used to attend fitness classes together. And then we both started teaching those fitness classes. And I would say that in teaching those classes, I became infinitely more comfortable with public speaking because before that I was definitely not comfortable. Um, So that's helped me a ton in teaching. So that's actually how I got connected with them. So through fitness, weirdly enough. When we talk about women in barbecue and in the industry and just in culinary industry as well, I think obviously it is more male driven, but you have a ton of females in the industry there. I mean, if you think of like Tootsie, she's, you know, a legend when it comes to barbecue. And then like a lot of the top restaurants for like the Texas monthly barbecue list, they have the lead pitmasters are female. Um, And then when I talk about myself, I feel like for the longest time, I've done hobbies that are more male-driven. So I love hunting. I also love sport fishing. Um, I do tournaments in the Gulf with my family every summer, and those are male-driven hobbies and activities. So for me, I guess it didn't really bother me as much because that's kind of something I was already comfortable with. Hmm. Interesting. Can you talk a little bit about, um, so all of your classes are taught at breweries, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And uh, so I know in Atlanta, there are already several that uh, that you have classes booked out. So what is the sort of reasoning behind wanting to teach these classes at, at breweries specifically? And I, I, I know distilleries in some of the cities that you're in as well, right? Aren't yeah, we do have a couple distilleries. I think we're going to try and get a distillery on board as well in Atlanta. Um, I think beer and barbecue just go so well together. And I think when we think about our ethos of the company, you know, it's the backyard cook. I, I think it just works so perfectly to think about you and your friends sitting in the backyard on lawn chairs, cracking open a cold beer and lighting up the pit. So the classes are beginning um, this Saturday on February 25th, and then you're doing subsequent classes um, almost every Saturday and Sunday in Metro Atlanta breweries. Uh, what is the cost for these three-hour classes, and how do we sign up? So the cost for the classes is 119. We do have one class that costs slightly more. It is our seafood class. It's 149. Um, it just has a lot more going into it. You have so many more, you know, proteins. You have, you know, snapper and lobster and oysters and salmon. So it's a slightly more expensive class. Um, but all the brisket classes, ribs, chickens, everything else is 119. And the way that you sign up is you go to our website. It is brisket you, like you the letter as in university.com. Uh, you go to classes, you click your city, and you register just like any regular event. You know, you buy a ticket and pay for it, and there you go. Awesome. That sounds like a fun gift, too. I was just thinking that same thing. I bet my husband would love that. I or mean, like, I would love that. grab a friend and <laughs> sign up and have yeah. a fun sort of chill Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Beer in one hand, brisket tools in the other. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would Great. say that a lot of our people come in, you know, with their partner or with their friend. I feel like it's, you know, 
a not fun way to find something to do on a Saturday or Sunday that isn't, you know, too time consuming. You get to go hang out at a brewery. You get to have some great barbecue at the end of class. And then also during class, we usually have one or two snacks um, that incorporate brisket and or possibly another protein. So it's a really fun thing to do on the weekend. Well, we're excited to have backyard pitmasters in our own backyard in Atlanta. Yeah, so yeah. We are super Thank excited to be there. Thanks so much, Sydney. Thank y'all. So, Lagaya, you have a restaurant review. Uh, I do online. Can you tell us about what you uh, what what you reviewed this week? Yes, um, it's called Alici, and it is a Malfi Coast inspired menu from Pat Pascarella of the Porchetta Group. They have White Bull, Grana, Bastone, so Italian focused mm -hmm. um, in their concepts. Um, have you any? Have either of you guys gone to the Amalfi Coast before? I cannot. Not visited. I have not, not been lucky close. enough. Okay. Have you? Of, yes, it's one uh -oh. of my most memorable trips. So we're talking about like Sorrento, Positano, mm. and that food is is heavy on seafood, and that's what you'll find at Alici. When I mentioned at the top of the the show that I was going to tell you about some oysters options, this is definitely. Um, one to add to your list. It's located at 931 Monroe Drive. So it's in Midtown Promenade across the street from the newly renamed Midtown High School, right? right. By um, Piedmont Park. And it is open daily at four. So any day that mm. week you want to go, although it gets pretty hopping on uh, weekends. Yeah, and it's say. right off the belt line there, right too. Right off the belt line. It's on the backside. Yep, yeah. on the backside. But I'll tell you, the oyster selection. It's really terrific, mm. really, really terrific. And in my review, I do mention it's a two-star review, so two or four. Um, there is one particular oyster that I would like you all to order, and it's called the Naked Jades from Alabama. I am telling you, it's like they're sweet and lightly brined. They do, there is a sort of like um, cucumber mm. note to it, but they're just meaty. I mean, they're just, I'm not going to call them fat, but they do come from <laughs> Alabama. They're Full lazy, body. right? Full bodied. <laughs> really good. Really, really nice. Um, the wine list is 100% Italian. It's thoughtful. Um, if you don't want to try wine, you should try the spiteful monk which is a spritz. That's a great name there, for a cocktail. I know. <laughs> Very in keeping with the concept. And I also want to say, you know, so lychee means anchovy in, in Italian. Two dishes that really, they just do a bang up job using it. One is this um, crudo dish that combines steelhead trout with fried anchovies. Ooh. So you're going to get, you know, the two um, two for one. Right. But I really love the the texture combination of, you know, the smoothness of, of the trout with the fried crudo crispy anchovy. And also the smoked endive is very good. Now, I mentioned that um, Pat Pascarella and that Porchetta group did it. So he's become known as like the pasta man around Atlanta, right? right? And they do have pastas at Alici. They do them terrifically. Execution on their pasta is phenomenal. However, I did take some issue with some of the sauces. I wasn't uh, loving that. But if you want just, just exquisite pasta, so good. And the gnocchi a hundred percent like yes the last thing i'm going to point out is something called soca rodney do you know what soca is no clue <laughs> we're getting I'm an education on the side here. okay um soca is basically an italian pancake and it's made with chickpea flour 
So, um, and it's a, an Amalfi dish. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, yeah, no, mm-hmm. on the coast. Yeah. So, um, these are like flat pancakes. Um, I found them by itself to be kind of bland, but they're going to be topped. So there's four different options. And so they top them with, you know, various things. My favorite was the mushroom soca. So you got wild mushrooms and some other, you know, sauteed things on top of it. And um, yeah, very flavorful. But if you're not familiar with soca as a dish... I don't know that I've seen it in other places around Atlanta. Yeah. So, and if it's made with chickpea flour, then it's gluten free. It's right? gluten free, which is a very smart move, you know. For, um, you know, if you can't have pasta, free crowd. Yeah, yeah and exactly. right, exactly. Not all the pastas yep. are going to be yep. available. Oh, for- you know, and I did mention the um, pastas. I'm just going to point out the Campanelli Nero is terrific. So that's the horn shaped pasta. But it's um, made with squid ink, so it's going to be black. And then they do it with like this um, with shrimp. It's a gorgeous presentation, and the entire sauce it was just just terrific. This Ooh. is like a tomato sauce, really nice. So yeah, so check it out. It definitely and that oyster bar that I mentioned, it's a it's a beautiful oyster bar. Um, so I think that a perch at the the bar would be a fine place to go. Yeah, and they have a big patio there too, don't they? They do have a patio so out front. Once the weather actually like stays nice yeah you know the thing is you're not going to exactly get transported you're looking out at the asphalt okay so don't think that you're going to see the blue waters of of the, <laughs> the mediterranean coast, unless you close your eyes yeah. and you just kind of imagine yeah but the side of trader joe's is that what you get to look at or? you did yep yeah, yep yep side of trader joe's <laughs> so and your review can be found on ajc.com and there is another piece of uh, food news that's probably worth bringing up. There's uh, so much dining news all the there time. There really is. I mean, it never stops. Um, but there is a, another food hall coming to Atlanta. Another. Another. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> we just finished up our um, fall dining guide that was on food halls. And like, there, how many? There were at the time like eight more to come. Yeah. And now, and now we're adding list. more. Yeah. I mean, it really is like a food hallification of Atlanta. And and so we're adding another one to the list. Uh, Lucky Moreland Avenue. That's right. So this one's uh, south on Moreland Avenue, uh, past East Atlanta. It's called Halidome, and it's uh, going to be. We don't have too many details about it yet. There are no tenants signed. Uh, they're they're in talks with uh, with some people, but um, it's going to be eleven stalls. There's going to be a bar, um, and it's right along the Entrenchment Creek over there. So there's going to be a ton of outdoor space, uh, and there's also going to be an apartment building and some retail space. So it's part of a whole big development. Uh, So the food hall itself is actually called Halodome Eatery. Do you think this is kind of oversaturation for this area? Because you're not too far from East Atlanta Village. There's so many pockets to eat around there, do you think? I mean, so there are two sort of mini food halls in East Atlanta Village. There's Southern Feed Store, and then there's also Community. And those each have, you know, five to six vendors each. I I actually don't think it is because this is much further not much further south. It's really it's it's close to East Atlanta Village, but it the, where this this development is going to be, there really is nothing right there other than fast food, and this really is going to be sort of the first sort of development of its kind right there. So it's sort of. Uh, 
on the border of like East Atlanta, Gresham Park, uh, and, and it's in, even though it's close to East Atlanta Village, I, I think it's far enough away that you'll find a, a totally different customer base. I do think it's interesting that the people who are behind this are going to own and operate the bar that's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. So it's IST management. They're like they have nothing to do with food. It's a it's a, a well. They're a, they and they're, they're also located. They're going to be located above the food hall. Correct. So and their headquarters is right, right above. Like, yeah. Yeah. You guys, happy hour. Let's go downstairs right. to our bar. Exactly. And when I talked to the. Uh, to uh, the VP of the com- of IST, he said that that was one of the things that they considered is what are we what what do we want our employees to have is is in, in addition to the community at large, but uh, and so that's I think going to be something that they think about when they're you know starting to talk about who's going to come be coming into some of these these stalls and yeah. food halls. So. so what's the timeline again? When are they saying? Just by the end of the year, they're planning to open. Um, and that's I think pretty quick start, to be honest. They're going to start. It is yeah. When when you talk about um, food hall announcements. Yes, yes, and you know, and we'll see. I mean, a lot of times these these uh, opening date announcements are a bit ambitious, uh, especially like City of Atlanta and trying to work with the city and that type of thing. But um, they're starting to lease in April, and uh, and so you know, hopefully, we'll be getting some announcements soon about uh, about what they're going to be having. Yeah, in it'll there, be but... interesting what vendor mix they come up with. Yeah, for sure, Rodney. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a new Netflix movie. It's a family film called We Have a Ghost, not a horror film in in a sense, even though there is a ghost, played <laughs> by David Harbour from Stranger Things. So I'm excited for this just because yeah, of him. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it was shot in New Orleans, um, but it, it stars uh, an Atlanta actor named uh, Josh, Jahi Diallo Winston. Uh, he's the son who befriends the ghost who's been in this house they move into. Again, played by David Harbour. Um, and of course, in, in this type of modern movie, he becomes, his name is Ernest. He becomes like a social media sensation. They tape him. And of course, the government gets involved. Uh, Tig Notaro, play, you know, the comic plays, uh, you know, one of those ghost believers mm-hmm. who's part of like the CIA. And it's funny, Stephen Coulter, who I just wrote about, he, you know, he's a local That's character right. actor. Yeah. He plays the head of the CIA. He's a bad guy, you know. Okay. Um, who wants to take the ghost away? Uh, and, so he's uh, sticking with that type of character. Oh, exa- <laughs> well, it's a different. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very different character from his goofy um, character he played in um, Shotgun Wedding on Amazon just a few weeks ago. Right. What's a weird coincidence is Jennifer Coolidge is also in this movie. Uh, they're not in the same scenes. But oh, she was in Shotgun Wedding. She also. was in Shotgun right. Wedding. She was yeah. his. his um, God, she's his wife. everywhere. I know. But she, she she plays like a great. psychic. So she plays like one of those TV oh, psychics. That sounds perfect for her. Yes. <laughs> she definitely seems like she would. Play she had a like a three days, well. you know, she shot for three days. She, she lives in New Orleans. Apparently, it was just very convenient for her to come oh, in yeah. and sweep in and do her thing. And there are a couple, and there's also another a Decatur native, Erica Ash, plays uh, Jahi's mom. So there's a lot of Atlanta people in okay. this movie. So when is it? It uh, comes out Mary? on Friday okay. on Netflix. It's, it's a fun little film. It really okay. is. It's lighthearted. It's, it's a, you know, it's heartwarming type of feel. And they, you know, they use kind of interesting CGI work to make uh, David Harbour's ghost look ethereal it's, it's kind of cool okay so you can go uh get your oysters at a lychee have a little date night and then come home and watch we have a ghost on netflix exactly <laughs> make a whole night out of it 
All right. Well, we are moving on to uh, each bring you uh, an event happening this week, weekend and the next few days uh, that uh, we think you might want to check out. Uh, I will tell you about the Big Bounce America, which is going to be going on February 25th and 26th. And then again, March 3rd through 5th at the Gwinnett County Fairgrounds. I'll be there on Saturday with my daughter. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah, this is uh, just a giant bounce structure basically it is uh it features the only guinness certified world record holder of the world's largest bounce house oh my gosh um could, so first of all can adults jump in the bounce house yes to, okay yeah so it's there was open a similar one that yeah. was done south side a couple of years ago i went so I, i'm familiar with it i wonder <laughs> how many people at a time can go in quite a few really yeah. Yeah. So uh, it includes a 16,000 square foot world's largest bounce house. And then uh, there's a new component because I think this is uh, they've at least the second year that I think that they've that they've come to Atlanta with this. Right. Um, and so uh, there's a new a new component called Sports Slam that uh, features a customized sports arena. Um, and then there's a big obstacle course called the Giant, and it just sounds obstacle like obstacle course. That's, yeah, wait, and also I'm reading a space themed Wonderland called Airspace. I mean, it's just it sounds like a dream for children the and for adults. America. How honestly. much does it cost, Rodney? I think it was like thirty some odd dollars. I can't remember how you, you may. You, you're the one who checked this out. I, I bought it a while ago, so I think I bought it in advance. So yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's right. It, it's in that. It's in that general vicinity for for price. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think it sounds it sounds both terrifying. And it's <laughs> to, also set up by age. But, like they have like a time frame for like younger kids. That way they don't get demolished by the bigger kids. So I think they have three different age yeah, ranges. That's right. Yeah, which is very smart of them because definitely as somebody with younger kids, both yes. of us, I you know that is one thing that is uh, a little bit of a concern sometimes when you bring your kids to some of these play areas right. or these bigger kids just, you know. Yeah. Like this past summer when I went to Margaritaville with my husband and our adult son and we were running into the water with kids who were like three years old onto that um, inflatable <laughs> water structure. <laughs> trying to take, feed them. You didn't take out any toddlers, oh, did you? <laughs> we made sure not to take out the toddlers. Okay, we took good. out each other. It okay. Was <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't do that here. Yes. <laughs> Cautionary tale. <laughs> Uh, okay, and Lagaya, what yeah, do you have for us? More oysters. In sticking with the oyster <laughs> theme, I'm going to have you go to the Steamhouse Oyster Fest. It is returning now in its 35th year. It's this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, in Midtown Atlanta. So the event is actually, it's a, it's a basically a street party. It's at the um, the entrance part of it, um, Peachtree Street and 12th Street, so which is just a couple blocks from the, the Seamhouse Lounge. So they have buckets of roasted oysters and char-grilled oysters on the half shell and lobster bisque and fried oyster poi And are you guys getting hungry? Wow, And yes. beer and cocktails. <laughs> uh, I've been before. It's so much fun. Okay. And of course, it wouldn't be a street party without live music. The tickets, this is, it's pretty darn affordable. If you want to go two days, it costs twenty five bucks, and if you go Sunday only, it's just ten dollars. But does that include no? The oysters? It does not include the oysters. Ah, so it's yeah, okay, but, well, <laughs> but still, yeah. I mean, you're getting in, and you're you know you're getting to. I mean, look at Rodney. How much are you going to pay for that bounce house thing? Exactly. Okay, come on. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> it's all you, you can go to steamhouselounge.com um, for information and to get your tickets. And I should say that the event benefits the Atlanta Leadership Club which 
Oh. Quote, empower strong leaders from underserved Atlanta communities. And it also is going to benefit Shells to Shore, an Athens-based oyster shell recycling project. Okay, so the money is going to a good cause. Two causes. Two causes, yeah. right. Okay, so causes. Steamhouse Lounge Oyster Fest this Saturday and Sunday. All right. And Rodney, are you ready to, to cosplay? Um Personally, no, but um, <laughs> not a cosplay guy. But uh, you know, if, if you're you know if you like a Dragon Con, there's an alternative here this weekend. ATL Comic Convention and Georgia World Congress Center. Um, they've got some pretty big names uh, coming to uh, to sign autographs, take pictures, selfies, do panels. Uh, Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings, uh, oh. Sean Astin, of course, also Lord beloved. of the Rings, yeah. <laughs> and then like you got a bunch of Cobra Kai guys, uh, Ralph yes. Macchio, <laughs> oh. William Zapka, worth Ooh. that. Alone, sweep the leg and Martin Cove. So the okay. three big ones are all there, and of course, because we're this is still Walking Dead country, they got a bunch of Walking Dead folks like Lauren Cohan uh, will, will be there. Corey Feldman will be there. I'm, I'm oh Goonies. wow! <laughs> I mean, wow, that's a name from the past. Yeah, blast yes. from the he's past. He's still around. Yes. Yeah. Um, he he's released albums recently, right? Yes. He, more he was at the Masquerade a few months ago. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, it's people like that, that where when they when they um, were child stars I can't get them out of my head of like no you are forever gonna look that age in my head like Macaulay Culkin yeah I know it's very weird sometimes seeing pictures of them as adults because it just doesn't like fit quite mm -hmm. with what you remember or if you're Ralph Macchio so. you just look the same at age 60 yeah. at 25 <laughs> he truly does not age yeah. it's unbelievable he needs to come out well, with he, like a line of skincare when he, well, serum when he did the yeah when he did the original Karate Kid he was playing 16 but he was 25 Wow. But, but very convincing. I remember you because you wrote a story about his memoir recently, yes. and I remember you talking about how he played so young when he was in his twenties, exactly. which is just wild to me. But uh, good for him. Randomly, uh, they somehow got Jamie Farr and Loretta Swit from Mash there, so it's very oh broad. ATL comic still convention. <laughs> yes, she is. So is Jamie Farr. Yes, several of the Mash actors are still around. You know, good yeah. For them. Alan Alda didn't want to sign on. I guess not. No, <laughs> he's, he's too highbrow yeah. for uh, the comic convention. Yeah. Yeah, and, and probably most appropriate, Pauly Shore will be there in Sino Man and Biodomes. Oh. So if, if that's going to be the one reason to go to ATL Comic Convention, Pauly Shore will be there. Maybe Brendan Fraser will make a surprise appearance and they can do a little Encino Man uh, reunion. Oh my God, that'd be a surprise. Probably not, considering he's like Oscar caliber now, but uh, you know, true. you never know. <laughs> yeah, he's working the, the Oscar circuit right now. Yeah. All right. So that's the Atlanta Comic Convention this weekend at the Georgia World Congress Center. Now we'll talk a little bit about what we have going on this week in Go Guide, the section in Friday's print paper where we tell you where to go and what to do in Atlanta for the weekend and beyond. Uh, this week, we'll have a review of the Tina Turner musical that's running at the Fox Theater through February 26th. Uh, I actually got to see that last night. And uh, it was pretty good. It's I mean, it's, you know, a jukebox musical. So you get to hear all of her all of her big hits. And uh it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's fun. It's definitely very fun. Um, and so, yeah, our, uh, our critic Wendell Brock, uh, will have a look at that. And then in Sunday's living and art section, uh, we bring you the story of Frank Murphy, an Atlanta man whose World War II memoir is being used as the inspiration for a character and a new miniseries from Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's a fascinating story and, uh, it, I, I highly recommend giving it a look. Um, it's uh, the, his what he's gone through is just unbelievable, um, and uh, his uh, his wife and daughter are uh, are 
just trying to keep his his memory alive, his legacy alive. And uh, and so that story is online. And as part of our Black History Month coverage, we'll take a look at how black hair takes a stand against white beauty standards for some Atlanta residents. And now we will bring you our pet of the week, Snazzy Snickers, which Snazzy. is one of my all-time favorite pet names, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's awesome. Snazzy Snickers needs to join my dog Peaches and your dog Broccoli. I mean, <laughs> we can have a food fest. <laughs> Seriously, Snickers, Broccoli, and Peaches. I mean, none of those go together, but, you know, I think... Uh, wow, that would be an interesting Chopped episode, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snazzy Snickers is an easygoing, loving pup who brings happiness with him wherever he goes. He loves walks and is great on a leash. Snazzy Snickers loves cuddles and wants everyone to know that he won't get hangry as long as you keep the treats coming. (laughs) Meet him today at DeKalb County Animal Services located at 3280 Shambly Dunwoody Road in Shambly. You can also email questions about Snazzy Snickers to adoptions at DeKalbAnimalServices.com. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. Sweep the leg, Yvonne. Sweep the leg. (laughs) You know I will. And Lagaya Figueres. Watch out for me at the bounce house. (laughs) I'm Yvonne Zussel in for Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast. We'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.